The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Sisters Speak. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Um, you are joined with me, Sonia. I will be hosting the show today. And we are also joined with Farin. Farin, if you can hear me, please introduce yourself. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Walaikum salam. Thank you for joining us, Vareen. Um, Vareen is on online because she's not actually in the studio. Um, so there might be a bit of a pause between me and her when we speak. Um, but we'll just get used to that. So before we begin, Vareen, would you mind telling listeners how they can get in touch with us if they want to join in with the show? Yeah, so the show is live today, so you can always call in and... 0158241822 and you can also send us a whatsapp message on 0779481822 we are live on facebook at inspire fm 105.1 fm and we also have our own instagram called at sister speak where you can send us any messages or any thoughts that you have on the show exactly thank you so much for outlining that Vareen and we always want you all to get in touch share your thoughts and messages it'll always be good to hear what you guys think um so i'm just going to outline what our show is about generally our show is a platform for muslim girls to voice their own opinions on current events and issues and form discussions on general topics um please know all opinions and views are our own and we respect all other opposing or similar views and opinions and we are going to go into a main topic after the advert so in the second half of the show and the main topic is family ties. But before that, we're going to have a hot topic and we're going to have our thought for the week. So since there's only two of us on the show, Farine, I am going to have to go to you first. Um, so would you like to tell us what your thought for the week is this week? Sure. Uh, my thought of the week is I've just been so content with my life when I realized that I don't have to look at other people and compare myself to other people's lives. And you're not always focused in, uh, you know, refreshing your, I don't know, Instagram stories and looking at what other people are doing, but reflecting and just focusing on your own life. You're just going to feel so much more happy and content and satisfied with what you already have instead of trying to um, it's always good to aim for more, but not at the extent that you are, you know, sacrificing your own happiness just because the person in front of you has something doesn't mean you need to have it. So you just need to be content and satisfied with what you have in life. And it's something that I have been reflecting since the new years because I used to compare myself a lot with other people and especially on social media. I used to look at everyone's Instagram stories and be like, this is who I want to be. But always remember, you have to be your own person and you have your own things in life, your own problems. Everyone has problems. All you need to do is focus on yourself and deal with them, you know, you're by yourself. Yeah. That's my thought of the week. I mean, 100%. I think that is such an important one because we can all relate to it, right? So it gets really hard when you see people that seem so similar to you in be it age or background or location and you think well they've done it or, or look at them look what they've achieved why can't I do it and it's that quote which is comparison is the thief of joy because while you're busy comparing yourself to other people you're not living in the moment you're not appreciating what you have um but can I ask Vareen what did trigger you trigger that was it just like seeing some multi-millionaire that's like 22 years old on social media like what made you feel that way today You know, the thing, it just happens with people around you, literally your close friends, because like you said, they're the same age, they're in the same kind of journey as you, they're doing the same thing. So it's natural that you start feeling a bit, you know, insecure about what you're doing and you're trying, not even just about their life physically as well, you start feeling so insecure and start doubting yourself. So uh, this last year when I was uh, finishing sixth form and then going into uni I went through so many changes and I was just thinking why is this happening to me why is there so many problems with me and then in January now that I'm like satisfied and you know alhamdulillah content with how I'm living my life I just realized that all that it was literally I was just how do you say like self 
you know, boycotting myself oh, wow. pretty much. I actually it was don't just know the word. Do you mean like self-sabotage? Yeah. Self-sabotage, I think. But self-boycotting is also quite yeah, so, yeah. intense. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase, but I like it. Uh, so you were self-boycotting. So in a way, like how? What do you mean? Because you were just not believing in yourself or doubting yourself? I realized I kept spending more time trying to be like other people than actually doing something that I wanted to do. So all I was doing was refreshing people's stories. They weren't here, so I want to go to, you know, that's all I, I kept spending my time doing. And it, when you use your phone, like all of us know, it's like two hours just go by like that. So I used to spend three, four hours on my phone just checking what other people are doing instead of doing something with my life. Yeah. Which was, if you think about it, it's so crazy. That's why I needed kind of that off, you know, to yeah. that uh, change of chip in my mind. Well, it's amazing that you managed to reflect and realize that. Because I think a lot of the times you don't realize, you just get lost in this, you know, endless refreshing and looking at other people on social media. Because that's, that's literally what it is, isn't it? Compa comparing yourself and comparing other people. Um, so it's really good that you did realize that. But also I would say don't be too harsh on yourself. Like naturally, if someone goes to a fancy cafe, you might actually like the look of it and think I do want to go there. But at the same time, you don't have to spend four hours looking at someone else's page, right? So it kind of works both ways. I'm not saying you did that for me, just just kind of give an example. Um, so yeah, um, <laughs> the other thing is, obviously, we all know this, but we forget when we look at social media is nobody is showing you their problems. Nobody is going to show you the struggle they had to go through to get wherever they are now or the the fights they may have had are leading up to them the relationships they may have broken then or just you know loads of things loads of stuff that could have happened in that time nobody shows that the whole point is to show the highlights but nobody's going to show what they're going through so even when you feel like oh if nothing's working out my way and this period of my life is so difficult you can't compare that to anyone else you just can't because you don't know what someone else has gone through um, that yeah, I think what you said, Farin, is very, very relatable. And if you want, you the social media is the, the social media thing is so real because everyone makes the social media look better than they actually is in real life. And even I do that. You start moving your pen so it looks like aesthetically pleasing and everything, and none of it is real. And you're doing it yourself, so you know it's not real. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's all set up, and that's the coin point of it. Like you want your video to be the best video it could possibly be, right? So, so you do these things. Um, but yeah, thank you, thank you for that um, hot topic. I mean, not hot topic. Thought of the week. Sorry, I got distracted by a message from you, Farin. So, <laughs> because we are doing this in studio and online, so you know, there's no real life communication right now. It's all virtual. Um, I'll give you my thought of the week. Um, this week. It actually came from a discussion I had with a few of my friends, which then became a discussion with my work colleagues because I continued it, right? And we were talking about um, eating, like, rice because I eat rice a lot. And um, and then at work they kind of mentioned, you know, when you eat rice, they eat it with a spoon. And I kind of was shocked because I didn't think people do that at home. Like, me, okay, if you're, like, at an event or you're at a wedding or something, yeah, you'd eat like with a knife and fork or with a spoon. But for me, I just thought it's always something I eat with my hand. I didn't realise that was like a delicacy almost. Well, not a delicacy, but that's a very cultural thing. Um, just like how people are able to use chopsticks. And they can use chopsticks like with anything, like any food item, they can use chopsticks because they're used to it. That's what they've been raised on. I'm the same with my hands. Like I can eat rice with my hands. And then at work, they kind of said, like, oh, well, when you eat fish, you know, it's hard when you put it in your mouth and then you realise there's a bone and you have to get it back out. I said, well, no, because you'll, you'll feel the bone in your hand before you put it in your mouth. <laughs> and everyone was just dumbfounded. They were like, you, you use your hands to eat fish and rice? And I thought, of course. Um, anyway, there is a point to this. The whole point is that I realised by the end of it that, like, I'm really, really grateful to be Bengali and to have that Bengali culture behind me and all these ethnic kind of traditions and the whole heritage and kind of the thought of the week was like for all of us to kind of reflect and think wow we should be so grateful that we come from I mean wherever we come from right because the whole point is that you get to kind of um, I think you know 
do these things that you might never never have got the chance to do or appreciate things even food appreciate food that you might never have had the chance to taste had you not been from that maybe ethnic background or grown up in that neighborhood and so on um but yeah what are your thoughts on that Farine? I relate to you so much because growing up in Spain eating with your hands was such a it was uh, looked at as such a you know weird thing obviously no one would say to you that they think that you're dirty but it would look like really bad and i remember i had the same conversation with my friends when i was there and they always eating with a spoon and fork and i don't even remember in my childhood ever eating with a spoon if i was at home i would always eat with my hands and you can just savor the food more so Mm -hmm. and it's just more fun to eat Exactly, exactly. That's the facts. Like everybody knows if you eat with your hand, it's going to taste better, right? Um, But yeah, no, I mean, for me, it was more just the fact that like it made me realize there's so many things that I wouldn't have done or learned or known about if I didn't have my culture behind me, right? All my traditions behind me. Um, So like another one of it is the kind of different foods that we do eat. Like if you think about it, if you weren't from wherever you're from or if your parents didn't introduce you to a certain type of food, would you have ever had it? Because, you know, there's sometimes there's a limited number of restaurants you go to or takeaways that you get. So would you have even explored that cuisine? Would you have ever had the opportunity to do that? That's why we are so grateful. So what was the question if, we, if I ever had the opportunity to do that? Do you think you would have actually, you know, explored all different types of food and learned all these different things? Yeah, like kind of. Because obviously it just depends what background you're from and what kind of food your parents have introduced you to. I'm really grateful that I've been introduced to spices and all. And, you know, in Luton, there's so many restaurants that you can actually go to. Like we went to a Somali cuisine. So it's really good that there's different, you know, diverse, how do you say, like um, restaurants. And you can try so yeah. many foods. It's always good to try foods. But I always stick to my Indian dishes. but you know if that's what you like then that's what you like because like I'm very much the same if I had to choose from like all the cuisines in the world I still think I'd pick my own and then and then pick something else because you know you're used to your (laughs) own food and also I feel like South Asian dishes are the best dishes out there anyway but yeah um that's our thought of the week's done for today I think can I also oh yeah sure go ahead yeah Eating rice with your hands, I feel like it's a love language from your parents. I just want to add this because, for for example, my dad, literally the most cold person I've ever met in my entire life, him just he used to feed me with his hands, and that was such a like you know my dad loves me kind of thing. Like a, from a brown dad, that was his love language. Or your mom feeding, feeding you with her hands. It was it was such a cultural thing, but it made it used to make me feel so special and so loved. Yeah, that is really sweet. That's such a nice memory. And and you're absolutely right, because there's people that like aunties that I don't even see anymore. But I have fond memories of them putting the rice and potato or whatever in like a bowl and feeding it to me when I was a child. Um, Love language, (laughs) literally. I think that's a very nice thing to say. I mean, on the topic of love languages and parents, I know we are actually going to talk about family today. That is our main topic, family ties and relations. Um... But like, but I know there's one that we all kind of know. This is South Asian dad thing. Um, what would you say is some of the love languages that your parents kind of present to you that's different and unusual? Um, I'll say different and unusual. I think every single Asian person relates with the fruit. <laughs> every time they get mad, they won't communicate it. They com- they won't communicate that they're sorry. They just bring you a plate of fruit. And my mom and my dad they both do it. Or when you're studying, that's one love language that uh, they do but like I said my dad is really he doesn't really show that you know he loves me obviously he does he doesn't really have a love language as such so him just him just for example picking up my calls whenever I have a question or just randomly calling me and asking me how I'm doing that's for for him like for me that's the how I know that my dad loves me, you know, that's his love language. Oh, that's so sweet, Farine. But like, I think you said a lot of good stuff there. But the main one, like we mentioned, is when parents cut up fruit and give it to you. Like that is just the iconic way of South Asian parents showing that they love you. They literally, and it happens all the time, right? It's just a plate. It's just a plate given like oranges or apples or some exotic fruit, mangoes or anything just given to you on a plate which is the best. Um, The other one I found with my dad, which is really funny, is 
if you say you like something like I don't know, like a pen au chocolat or like a cereal bar or something, and then your dad goes and bulk buys the food and stocks up the shelves with that because you said you like it, which is really, really, really sweet. That also makes me laugh. And then you don't like it anymore because you've had like a hundred in your house. Can you relate to that one? You get sick of it. <laughs> That's just so funny. Um, but yeah, those are some examples. I can't think of any more right now. But we are going to continue talking about family anyway in the second half of the show. Um, but for the next um, half, well, for now, we can actually start our main topic and just go into it a little bit. Farine, you did pick this topic. So would you like to explain why you picked this topic? If there is any reason. Yeah, sure. So, oh, sorry. So as everyone knows, Zabari said this a hundred times, but I'm living away from home. I'm a uni, I'm accommodation. So I'm getting really homesick. I have my moments, but normally like now I'm getting really homesick and I just want to go back home and be with my parents and my family. So yeah, this morning when I was making the plan, all I could think of was because my sister's not here either. So she's at home now. She is like her reading week. So I'm just literally here by myself. So I was just thinking how much I'm missing that family time or them just eating dinner. So I just thought how how um, distant I feel, even though they're there and I'm talking to them every single day, you know. And that family tie that I have with my family, because obviously I love them so much and everything. So that's why I picked this topic. I just think it's really nice to talk about them and kind of I wanted to know um, the different like dynamic that we have within our families i just think it's really interesting to know that the relationships and how they differ for example your family and my family i think that's a great idea and it's also kind of a um different topic like we don't really kind of talk about these things usually and also some of the questions you've asked are very very specific um so i'm excited to go through them with you farine um the reasoning you gave is also very very sweet like you don't realize some of the things that you miss until you're away, right? So like you mentioned, just even sitting around the table talking, like you miss these things, you know, just having that. Um, especially when you come from a family with like two, like at least a few siblings, or even if you don't have siblings, just your mom and your, or you're just your dad, you, you miss these things when you're away. Um, so yeah, let's go into it. I'm going to ask um, the first question, which is quite a hefty one, actually. <laughs> and the first question is, how do you navigate conflicts <laughs> or disagreements within your family? Ooh, that's a big one. I would love to hear everyone's thoughts on this. Would you like to go first, Marine? Yeah, everyone send us a message or call us on 158 or 158248182 or you can WhatsApp us the answer to this question on all triple seven nine four one eight two two. But for now, I'll answer it while you guys are sending your messages and your calls. Um, how do I navigate conflicts? Like I said before, um, South Asian uh, South Asian parents, or maybe just my parents, uh, they whenever there's an argument, they always try to prove their point. They won't listen to you. And I don't know if this is relatable, but this is what happens in my family. So the way that way i navigate my conflicts is i do it through my sister so whenever i have to do something i say it to her and then she says it to my parents there's no direct communication because i just get so frustrated and i start crying i can't argue with my parents honestly i don't like uh first i'd never yell at them so just arguing just it's just natural you're gonna start yelling so i just do it through my sister and the most important thing about um arguing with your parents and everything is to never raise your voice no matter how right you think you are and i did it once when i was really really frustrated i still regret it to this day and you know i said sorry to my mom and everything but the way i navigate conflict is through my sister she just helps me then obviously navigate through that conflict and then communicate it to my parents wow first of all shout out to all the older sisters in any family because they do so much for us they literally carry the family on their back yeah yes. and neither me nor you are the older sister so you know thank you guys um because I'm, my answer is going to be very 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 similar like everybody goes to an older sibling it's, it's good to have an older sibling because they've been through it all and they're a bit stronger and they can talk to your parents on a different level that you can't talk to your parents on it's just great to have um even if the age gap between you and your sibling is like one year or less like for some reason it's different 
because they're the elder sibling. Um, but yeah, uh, that was really emotional as well that you opened up, Farine. Thank you for doing that. Like, I'm sure we've all been guilty <laughs> of doing things that we regret with our parents. Like you said, raising your voice or it could be like slamming the door. Um, I remember once, I don't know how I got away with this. I think I said, shut it or shut up. Oh my God. It was like the craziest thing ever to my parents. Um, this is teenage years, you know, when you're wild and young and you say silly things that you regret. We all go through it. Yeah, exactly. But I couldn't believe that. Even like my siblings were shocked. Like You just took it that level, like that. you took it too far. Um, that's like something, you know, Tracy Beaker, like TV shows. Yeah, anyway. So um, thank you for telling us that. How would I navigate it? Um, I think I'm like, I think d definitely siblings. That is one thing. But also I try and let, I let things go on for a while, which doesn't sound good. But, but it's like you put an idea and if they disagree with it, then it's like, you, you okay, like you leave it for that day. But then I'll come revisit that in two or three days and then revisit it a week later. And then just, it goes on for so long that eventually it's like, okay, fine, we need to like get over this or we need to come to a conclusion or a resolution. So like, we agree with you, Sonia. I'll, I'll give in. I'm like, fine, I agree with you guys. Um, so that's my way of doing it now. But as I mentioned when I was young, when you're young, you don't know anything and you just, say anything sometimes but yeah navigate conflicts and disagreements yeah you just slam the door and run away hoping <laughs> that they won't follow you after but now i understand now now that i'm more mature i do it through my sister but i also sit with my parents so i it's like we're all sitting in the same room but i'm telling it to my sister whilst my parents are hearing the conversation oh okay. that's the way i'm doing it now that makes sense that makes sense so you basically don't even you try and act like they're not there almost yeah <laughs> pretty much is it like it's just easier for me to not start crying wow oh, oh i was gonna laugh but because only that what i'm imagining is when <laughs> you know when you're like on a table and you're like can you tell them to pass me the ketchup please but they're right there but you're you're clearly, clearly ignoring them that's what i'm imagining right now farine but i'm sure you're more mature about the whole yeah thing. the silent treatment yeah yeah exactly um, but yeah, we can move on to the next question. Um, we only have four minutes, so we'll go into it. And if we can't, we'll carry on in the next half of the show. So in what ways do you think technology has impacted family dynamics and relationships? I mean, technology has uh, changed everything, literally everything. I remember when I was young, we wouldn't even... I, we wouldn't even text um, like my friends, for example, that let's meet up and then go. I'll just ask my parents, can can I go to the park? And they'll just be there. So that's one of the ways that technology changed the world. But in my family, I feel like me not having a phone when I was young, it made me so much more uh, close to my parents and my neighbors. And I used to like, for example, my neighbors now, I, I don't talk with them. But when I was in Spain, all my neighbors were my age and I used to go out with them all the time. My parents were okay with it, even though I didn't have a phone to know. Like, they knew I was there, you know, they knew I was in the neighborhood. But now I see my brother, he has literally like a WhatsApp group and he's only nine. He has a WhatsApp group and there's, um, and his friend is the neighbor, but he lives right, um, like in the front. So he doesn't go knock to his door like we used to do and be like, are you going to come out? He texts in the group, in the WhatsApp group, they set up a time just to go out in the neighborhood you know that's crazy. so and the fact that they have a phone at this age is also so surprising because i didn't have a phone until i was like 14 15 which seems which may seem like it's young but i feel like i was ready for that wow i mean you tell me I'm so honest. much there um first of all i could do a show on how we like our old times when you can just knock on someone's door and be like hey you coming out bring like 50p with you or two pounds or whatever it was like those days <laughs> were just amazing and you're absolutely right because it did like the bond that you had with someone else even if it's a family member like a cousin it was different because you had to talk to each other because you didn't have phones and you had to interact you know you had to make those relationships and friendships um so that that's a huge thing. I mean, like I said, we could do a whole show on that. Um, but in terms of dynamics within the family, I actually think it's made me closer to my parents because we text a lot. We use WhatsApp a lot. We send each other pictures and videos. Um, whereas before, like like you said, nobody was using devices. So I don't know. There was a, you know, there's always a barrier between yourself and your parents because you're, you're a different generation. Um, 
So you did. I don't know. Maybe I've never had that experience of not having a phone and being older. I've only ever been young without a phone. <laughs> so it's a, it's a confusing. But I guess someone like your brother, you said he's nine years old and he has a phone and they have a group chat. Does that make him like distance from family or does it make him closer? We've got 50 seconds, by the way, but do respond to that, Farin. It makes him really distant. Even when I go home from uni, he would like be on his phone and I'd be like, I'm here, you know, like you can just at least give me a hug, but he won't just. So that's why I like control him. I'm like the mom. So I have a little locking app where I can just lock the phone whenever I want from here. <laughs> so that's one way that well, my mom calls me. And he's like, lock the phone. He has to go to sleep. So technology right. helps in that sense. But he shouldn't. He shouldn't. I shouldn't be having to lock his phone because he's using it too much. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely uh, go back to that thought and point in the second half of the show and we're just going to go to the adverts now but please do join us again in the second half where we're going to talk more about family ties and you know our thoughts on that so yes join us in the second half assalamualaikum you're listening to an inspire fm podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on inspire fm Hello, Assalamualaikum, and welcome back to Sister Speak. You are joined in the studio with me, Sonia, and we also have Farine. Would you like to say hello, Farine, if you are there? Hello, everyone. Hi, thank you for joining us again. And yeah, so if you were with us in the first half of the show, we were talking about family ties. That is our main topic for today. If you do want to join in, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Farin, would you like to tell everyone how they can join in the discussion? Yeah, you can and you should call us on 015824818822 or you can send us a WhatsApp message on 0779481822. We are also um, on Facebook Live at InspireFM. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I'm actually really glad that people have messaged us. So I'm just going to read out some of the some of the responses. So the question I had, which I posed to Farine at the beginning was, how do you navigate conflicts or disagreements within your family? So the results are in. Uh, we did a poll and the first one said involve your siblings. On that one, we have zero percent. Then we have 14 percent for just move on. And then we have 57% for cry, which is really sad. But that is very honest as well. And then we have other, please expand, and that's 29%. So I'm going to read out some of the others. Uh, One of the other is move out to my grandparents. Brackets, true story. That is a great response. Thank you. (laughs) This is getting dark so fast. You know what? That's actually a really okay thing to do like i'd rather you move to your grandparents than literally run away from home right and your grandparents are still family so it's a disagreement with your parents but you've gone to their parents i i think that's okay what do you think farine i think anyone who has the luxury to run to their grandparents house because it's so close it's such a nice feeling because i don't have that (laughs) i don't have any extended family so my parents are just you know the only things i have and i i I'm so happy for whoever that person is that they can just feel a safe place with with their grandparents because normally with extended family you don't see them that much so you don't really have that safe safe place in in my case. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I would say I'm in the same kind of similar situation like even though I do have a grandparent close by uh, the the capacity isn't there for me to go to the house <laughs> there's no space um so yeah I, I agree with you that's a luxury if you think about it um but i also do think that's a that's an okay way to navigate things um you know in south asian families usually we are quite close to like grandparents and it'd be a good thing if you are close to your grandparents so if they can support you who better than your parents parent Right, because they can tell your parents off and they'll be on your side. So um, that's very smart. I like that one. We have another one, which is, okay, so apparently, how do you navigate conflicts or disagreements within your family? And this person responded, catch a flight. (laughs) What do you think of that, Farine? (laughs) 
again luxury whoever has the luxury to run away and get a flight whenever they argue with their parents must be a millionaire because i can't do that i can't even catch a train when i argue with my parents <laughs> do you know what it is Vereen? sometimes a flight is cheaper than a train that's something we need to remember okay first of all and um but it's still a luxury absolutely who are these people i'm so i mean i know them and i'm so happy and i need to talk to them more because they're navigating things amazingly um but yeah catching a flight let's think about that like you had a fight with your parents or a disagreement you're like you know what i'm just gonna go i'm gonna go to paris for the weekend i'm gonna go to i don't know croatia for the weekend and come back and your mind is fresh and you're thinking about other things i think that's kind of wholesome if you have the luxury to do it, right? Uh, I'm kind of, I'm going to be on the like sentimental, emotional side, but I, I cannot like go somewhere knowing that my parents are mad at me. It's like my, my whole trip is going to be ruined. And wow. you know, at this like stupid things that you think that what if I'm mad at my parents and my plane crashes oh, and I'm like, no. <laughs> not dying, my parents are mad at me. That's the sentimental part that I would think of, you know. I mean, that's one way of thinking about it. But say your parents aren't mad at you, but you're mad at them. So you actually need to distance yourself and give yourself some space. Um, But I do agree with you on the plane thing. Like, that's the thought that always goes through your head, right? Which is why before you go on a flight, you're always, like, wishing well for each other and so on. Um, But I do think that's probably amazing, like I said, luxury. But it would clear your mind and you'd value your life more after you've gone on a plane and come back. You're like... Do you know what? Like, forget that. The world is so big. Let's just put aside our conflicts and differences. Um, yeah, so that was another one. Let's let's look at another response. Wow. So how do you navigate... It's so nice to know how people navigate conflicts. I know. This is another one. How do you navigate conflicts or disagreements within your family? So this one said, yell, cry, or leave Luton. Complete, fair enough. Honestly, <laughs> I completely understand. <laughs> First of all, the yelling part, like, we can all relate. We've all said it. We've shouted at our parents. Or there's been shouty shouty times, just loudness, yelling. Yelling is always good. I mean, it's not good, but it's good to get it out if, you know, if you're all angry and frustrated. Okay. Crying. Crying's been a really big one. Like, 59% of these votes have been cry. And then leave Luton. I mean, what's your thoughts on that, Farine? Or Luton, I guess, your hometown or wherever it is that you're staying. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, for, because we live in Luton, then um, I think I would, if I have an argument with my parents, I would go to like Bury Park and clear my head just doing shopping. So I don't think I'm going to leave Luton because it just is like such a safe place. Like no one knows you, but you know everyone. That's wow. kind of the feeling. So if I have, I'm in an argument with my parents, I would just go and do shopping in Bright Park, for example. So I don't. I wouldn't leave you ten. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Maybe temporarily. Again. So I don't have the luxury to fly, but maybe if it was like, I'll oh, just go to London or buy something or go Milton Keynes. I don't know. I'm just trying to give examples or maybe going shopping. Um. But yeah, I get that. We've actually got a new vote on involve your siblings. Um. So it's involve your siblings and just move on on the same level. Cry is still winning, and then there's other, which you know the answers to. <laughs> we will revisit these at the end of the show. It will be nice to see if the results have changed. Um, but right now, I'll just move on to the next question. The next question is, what role do extended family members play in your life, and how do you maintain connections with them? So you kind of did mention, Farine, that like you don't live close to your extended family, and you don't have the luxury of running to your grandparents' house or anything like that. Um, but do you want to talk about, yeah, what role do your extended family members play? Um, I'm sad to say that none at all. <laughs> like, none of my extended family has a decision on how I'm going to... Only my parents can, you know, tell me what to do. Because my extended family, the thing is, they don't know what I'm doing. I don't even think they know. I mean, like, they know I'm studying. They know I'm doing this, but they don't know the actual... You know, I don't talk with them every day. No, like my mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, she tells them something like about me from the surface. You know, she's at uni, she's studying and that's it. So um, there's no actual role that they play. But the thing is about extended family with me is that I am i don't talk with them every day. But I see, like, for example, my cousins, I see their Instagram. They see my Instagram. That's kind of our way. We just like each other's that's yeah. language. You know? yeah. We just like each other's Instagram stories. So that's the kind of thing. But with my extended family, I don't really... 
call them or which I should, but I don't really call them or like have a full on conversation with them. But whenever I go and meet them in real life, there's such, there's a, a connection that's, you know, like you can feel it's family, you know, there's yeah. that blood connection there. Oh, see, I'm very similar to like, we don't have any family, like extended family that's close by or anything like that. So there's distance, but I feel like the irony is, and this is back to the technology question is, when my mum kind of talks about when she used to meet like her extended family all across the uh, country or, you know, in different countries as well, they would make a lot of effort to kind of have fun together. And that, that means like, you know, I don't know, like going the pond together or something. I'm thinking of Bangladesh when I say that, obviously. Or, or they, <laughs> you know, do things like they, I don't know, go for a walk around the park together. Like they would make effort to do these things wherever these cousins may have lived. Um, whereas I feel like now, even though I can meet a cousin and then have them on social media and phone so I can keep those connections, it's not the same. It's almost like they could just be like an acquaintance or a friend or a work colleague. I mean, maybe that is on me and them and we don't make that effort. But and then if we see each other, it's there, the connection's there, but we don't feel the need to do these things to build a connection, kind of just carry carry on on our phones. Um, so for me, I think the technology has actually not helped that which is ironic because we now have access to talk to people like maybe you know thousands of miles away that we might not have had the access to before um but yeah it's similar for me that with the extended family role um okay so i'm gonna move it's on. a weird one they're, they're just there you know yeah they're just there um it's it's weird because <laughs> like some people are really close like i know one of my work colleagues he speaks about his family and then like um well, actually, we were doing like a marathon run thing, like a 10 kilometer run. And a little kid just joined him. And I was like, who is that kid? And he was like, oh, it's my uh, best friend's child. But my best friend's also like my brother-in-law or something. I don't know. The point is, and a child came and started running with him like a nephew. And I was like, that would never happen in my family. First of all, no one would be running past my house and like be able to pick me up and I joined them. Um, but also like we don't have that close relationship with anyone. I'm not used to that. There isn't like sleepovers and stuff that we have. I had when I was growing up. So yeah, and some people have really close families and some people don't. Me and you, we don't have our extended family nearby. Um, okay, I'm going to move on to the next question, which is... Okay, not the how has your family shaped your identity and values, but I'm gonna move, I'm gonna skip I'm gonna skip a few questions. How do you celebrate milestones and achievements within your families, Farine? We just get happy. Honestly, I don't think there's any tradition for anything that happens. One thing that we do is that we just go most. I think that's kind of our way of dealing with achievement because. I feel like we're always in mosque. Obviously, my dad is really involved in there. So every time we just need to get out of the house, we just need to celebrate something. Or even if we're, I don't know, griefing, we'll just go to the mosque. I think that's my way. There's no such a tradition that if something happens, we'll go. But I'm just thinking most of the times, that's my way of dealing with our way of dealing with it. Oh, that's amazing, Fureen. Like, I didn't, um, that's not something we do. So that's definitely something new I'm hearing now. Like, you guys all go to the mosque when there's a milestone or achievement. And that's really, really nice. Um, it's nice that you also have that community. Like you mentioned, you might not have extended family, but you have a mosque family almost because you guys are there a lot of the time. And um, that's really nice. Um, for me, how do we celebrate milestone achievements? It's always with food. Like food is our love language. Food is everything. <laughs> so it might mean that like suddenly my mum's cooked something really amazing or we order some really amazing food and we get cake. So we're very basic like that. Like every milestone and achievement looks like a birthday. Like how you imagine a birthday is everything for us. Graduation, somebody getting married. I don't know, like someone's got promotion at work. It's always the same thing. Good food, good vibes. Um, so yeah, that's how we do it. Uh, I've got another question. I don't know why. I oh, think it's different because my, there's a, a diff- so you know the thing because there's a pause. Then that you have that little pause, and I start talking. This yeah, it just gets weird. This is ritual, right? The thingy okay. technology. The thing I was gonna say. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, something about celebrations. I forgot what I was gonna say. Wait. Oh, yeah, cele- yeah, celebrations. The thing is, we look at milestones differently. So, for example, in my house, if I graduate, then that's a big achievement and then there will be a celebration. But for now, there's nothing that it's 
say, uh, I don't know how that's the word, but there's nothing that we have to, we're going to make, I don't know, a dinner for to celebrate. If that makes I sense. Like, there's nothing going on. So you feel like there was nothing worthy of massive celebration yet up until? Yeah. Oh, okay. That means something then, because we, we do it for everything all the time. Like, oh, really? yeah, like little things too. Like someone might have bought a new car or something, or I don't know. But it's always good to celebrate and just being there together. But you did mention you guys go to mosque quite a lot, so like as a cele- not a celebration, but like you know an appreciation of something. So that's kind of your way of doing it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have a question. How do you prioritize spending quality time with family? amidst busy schedules and other commitments i think that's very relevant now because everybody's busy all the time so how do you give that family time as well well the first the thing i do is when i go home because i'm not at home the whole week i try not to use my phone at all i just leave it on the bed and i just go with my i just talk with my parents you know i haven't talked with them like you know video calls is it's, it's okay, but it's not the same. I just like sitting with my mom on the sofa, literally just talking about something. So the one thing is my phone because you can't, I, you can't multitask and look at your phone and talk with your parents, but I feel like it's so disrespectful to yeah. staying at the screen and then your mom's talking in the background and you're just going, yeah, yeah. When you know you're not actively listening to your parents, you know? So that's one thing that I, I do trying to prioritize that quality time. It's just not, not looking at my phone at all when I go home on the weekend. Wow, uh, that's really good practice, Farine. Um, I think uh, you're right. Like, obviously, if you're trying to have a conversation with someone, anyone, it's very rude if you're on your phone just nodding along and not actually listening. And it's funny that you say that because me and my sisters, when we ask each other for, like, I don't know, when we're telling a story or we ask each other for advice or anything, if someone, the other person's on the phone, we'll be like, I'll wait. So I'll wait for you to finish, you know? And then you're like, you recognise and you're like, oh, wait, let me put my phone away. I'll give you my full yeah. attention now. Yeah, it's important because you can't, it's not a real conversation if you're on your phone. That's something else. That's when you're both on your phone together at the same time. That's a different thing. Um, but yeah, and for me, how do you prioritise spending quality time with family amidst busy schedules? Um, I think I would try to definitely actively make effort. Like it's something before that I didn't really think about. And I see with, like, my teenage sister, like, she doesn't think, like, she's got college, she's busy all the time, and she's got assignments to do and so on. So, and then her, her life is just basically that and maybe eating at dinner, you know, this is during the week, like, weekdays, Monday to Friday. And we might not even see her. Like, sometimes we'll be like, I didn't see you all day. Like, those those words do come up. Whereas I'm like, I don't want to <laughs> be that anymore because as you get older, you do definitely realise and you're like, oh, I should I should spend more time down here and you know just be amongst family so i definitely try and make that um make the effort to do that and that means joining in on things that family members do so if that maybe means cooking could be lingering around the kitchen watching tv just sitting in the sofa as well just being in the same space as them is definitely something i make the effort to do even if i can't partake in that thing like if my dad's watching the news or something that I don't understand or is boring. Just being there is enough, <laughs> I think. Um, but yeah, we can move. Your presence is enough. Exactly, our presence is enough. Okay. Uh, Sorry, can I just say? Yeah, go ahead. You know the thing I love about family and trying to make effort is that every simple thing is so fun to do. Like even just, like for example, going on a walk, lingering in the kitchen, like you said, <laughs> it's just fun to do and you don't have to put up a, this has to be a memorable moment. It's going to be a memorable moment. You like it or not because it's your family. You know, with friends, sometimes you're always thinking, I like, you need to have fun because you you would like want to make that moment worth it. But with your family, you don't even think about it and that moment is worth it already. Farine, that is just the best thing you've said. We need to quote that, okay? <laughs> I'm going to quote that somehow. Um, you're accurate. Like, when you're with a friend or someone else, you do sometimes think like, do I need to make effort or does this person need to be entertained? Um, but when you're with your family, none of those pressures exist. You're just there. Being present is enough, like you said. 
Um, and it's funny that you say that because me and my siblings went for a walk like on the weekend and it was just every moment of it was funny every moment I don't even know why just going for a walk with your siblings and it's so silly um, but you don't have to put effort that's probably why like everyone's just themselves you're just so unapologetically yourself um, which is a contrast between when you're with your friends or acquaintances because then you're you are aware of yourself and you're like what are we going to talk about and so on so I'm so glad you can relate to that Farine. Yeah, I feel like no matter how hard we try to be comfortable with our friends, there's always that one layer on top of who we actually are mm-hmm. or what we're going to say, what are we going to speak about? Am I going to be entertained? Is it going to be boring? But with your family, you just you. Even like, for example, when I go home, there's sometimes that there's literally silence. No one's talking. We're all just sitting there looking at the TV. So it's just, and it's so fun, you know? Yeah, and that's enough. That's enough. I mean, it's really good that you're, understanding and appreciating this at your age because you're really young and I think when I'm young you don't realize these things but I'm realizing it now 100% it's like that's enough just being there and you have the best time you think back to that core memories are formed and yeah there was another thing that I wanted to mention which was um wasting time like that concept I feel like that doesn't exist with family like you're not you're never wasting time when you're with them what do you think I completely agree with you. And when I go home, time is just, there's no concept of it. You just, you don't feel like you wasted the whole day because you were you with your family. Even if you were at home, even if you were just sitting there with your laptop doing your homework, Mm -hmm. you were still there, you know. So I think this conversation that we're having now is great. But I also feel like if we have any younger listeners, they will not get it or they might not get it yet. Um, because I personally didn't get it when I was younger. Like, all if I heard this, I'd be like, what? No, I'd rather be with my friends. Or, no way, there's so many things I could be. I could be playing games or something. I don't know. But, like, as you get older, you do realise that that peace and just being present and just having those nice, relaxed times, being yourself with your family is unbeatable, right? Yeah, I feel like as you get older, you start appreciating your parents more too. Like you said, in those uh, teenage years, all you're thinking about is your friends. Your parents have to get you the best outfit, the best clothes. And then once you get older and you start maturing, you're like, like my parents did so much for me to be here right now, for me to be studying. And you don't even think about the clothes. You don't think about anything. You're just like, they made that sacrifice for you, you know? So that's why you, you try to spend as much time as you can with them and be so appreciative of them. Yeah, I agree with you. So in how would you say your family has shaped your identity and values? I, I feel like my whole identity is formed by my family. I don't know if you've seen this, but this trend when, especially my sister, whenever you have, um, obviously we both have sisters. Yeah. So whenever we're in a conversation with someone, the, the sentence, my sister likes it or my sister yeah. did it will always come up. I can't I don't help know it. I know, I know. And the thing is, Farine, I didn't realize how much I said it until someone, like, when I was in uni, turned around and was like, you're really close to your sisters, aren't you? And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not. Where did you get that idea? <laughs> like, you're always referring to them. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. You don't even realize you're doing it. You just can't help it. I don't know why. I don't know. It's like the older sister effect. Honestly, my, my parents, they all taught me, you know, Islamic values and everything I need to know. And so many of my personalities, like obviously my parents and everything. But I feel like my sister being, she's only one year older than me, but she's been like my role model. I was always copying whatever she was doing. And I kind of took a little a little piece of my sister and then put it in my identity, you know, like <laughs> I, I would say like, I don't know, 25% of my identity is my sister's identity. And the thing is, like, I was in denial for so long. And I kind of, because one of my sisters is only a year older than me as well. And I was like, nah, I'm not like her. Like, we're nothing alike. And then as we grew older, I realized that I was copying her and everything. But I didn't even realize, which is why I'm (laughs) laughing so much. Because it's, it's subconscious. Like, it's not an active choice. It's just happened. So your personality, no matter what you do, just becomes... Uh, fragments of everyone else's around you in your family um so i know you have younger brothers and they're boys so it's a bit different but even them i think when they grow up you'll notice that they're just little pieces of all of you put together yeah 
Yeah. With the young brothers, I feel like I learned so much patience. I think that's one of the values because they're obviously young. For example, my brother is in that teenage era that I was talking about. Patience mm. and just... Um, I like to see how my parents treat them um, comparing it to how I was treated because their voice. Oh. So that's one thing that I feel like it's so it's so like nice and interesting to see. But with my brothers, I just feel like yeah, they just come me home so much patience, and I I just feel like a sense of responsibility for them. Like anything they do wrong, I feel like I have to do something about it. Wow, wow, you've become a little parent. That's what happens with all older siblings. There's a little parent in them. Always. Yeah, they can't help it. Um, but yeah, we have got a few, we've got about two and a half minutes left. Um, I do have another question. So I'll ask you this and you might not have the answer yet, but you did ask questions and make them. So it's, can you describe a lesson or piece of wisdom you've learned from your family that has stayed with you? Ever since I was young, the only thing I've um, heard from my parents is that family is always going to stay with you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so true because until this day it has. So whenever uh, my parents always used to tell me that whenever you have a problem, never go to a third person or even I uh, no matter how close your friend is, which is okay, obviously in this age, you might have close friends and you might go to them. But uh, those problems that are really, really personal, they always told me not to, you know, say to other people because you never know when they might use it against you. So it was never to kind of rely too much on other people or trust them. And I feel like it has become part of my, like, I would never, I'm so reserved in that sense. So I've been, for like, for, for example, with friends, whenever I have a really, really personal problem, I don't think I would, like, friends is not the first thing that I would think of, you know. It would yeah. always be my parents or it would always be my sister. If it's a family problem, it would just stay within family. Yeah. Wow. That's really good practice, Vereen. Um, I would say it's kind of exactly the same values for me and piece of wisdom uh, but at the same time I would say that me and you are very like blessed because we do have a family and that family that's around us that supports us and so on and even what you said like when you need to go to someone for something you know you can go to your family so you know all of us who are anyone who is listening and has a family that they feel like they can go to and is around them to support them we are very we should be very very grateful and I am I'm definitely very happy because I feel the same way Thank you so much, Vereen, for joining us on the show today. And thank you to any of the listeners who did join in the discussion. I didn't go back to the Instagram uh, poll, but we'll we'll have a look at that maybe next week. And join us again Wednesday. We'll post the results on our Instagram. Yes, we will. Thank you, Vereen. Join us next week on Inspire FM. <laughs> Assalamualaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at InspireFM Luton.